Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thank you so much, band. Really appreciate you guys. Really is just such a joy to be in, in the Lord's presence with you guys this morning. And as I said just now, we had a really amazing time in Zimbabwe. Thanks to everyone who was praying for us. Thanks, Tito. And so as we were, we're going, just so experienced the, the Lord's hand upon us as even just from going through the um, the border post, we were traveling with one of our members from a Polokwane congregation, and his work requires him to go through that border at least once a week as he uh, does logistics and based in South Africa, but um, transporting and, and does transport into, into Zimbabwe, and he knows everyone by name, and kind of we go to all of the places, he knows exactly who you have to speak to, what you have to pay, kind of what document you need at every single point. It was pretty helpful. But apart from having him with us, what is so amazing is as we drove through the final checkpoint at the border, he just stopped and his eyes just like went open and he got the smile on his face. And he was like, I have never in the hundreds of times that I've been border not been stopped at that checkpoint. And as we were going through those checkpoints, he looked at the documents that we had with us for the vehicle, because the vehicle is not in my name, it's in Yaneta's name. And he looked at the documents and he says, we're going to have some problems because we don't have the exact right documents that we needed. And I could see he was a little bit nervous and I said, we might not have the right documents, but we have favor. And I saw him being just a little bit sort of not quite so sure about my answer. And as we went through and as we passed through the, the last gate, I just so love how faith rose in his heart, how he could say that that which happened there, the way in which they just sometimes led us through some of the places and how the guys just didn't even look. They didn't ask for the documents. They meant to ask for these specific documents. They didn't even ask for the documents we had, which weren't 100% right because kind of there were one or two not major problems, just technical issues with them. And I just love how when we step out, God just smiles over us and he makes ways and He makes things easy and He makes them open. And we went and we had fantastic meetings. I think we had about 16 or leaders of 16 different churches in Bulawayo in Harare that we sat with. And I want to encourage us that God has given us so much. As we sit here, we don't always receive, we don't always realize and recognize how much we've received. And as we were sitting with these church leaders and talking with them, the, the image that just came into our mind all the time as we were praying and the picture that I felt God gave us was guys there who are running a marathon. They're running and they've been running faithfully. That's another thing just about church leaders in Zimbabwe that I realized this week, that you're not in the ministry in Zimbabwe and you don't have faith. The only reason you're still in the ministry in Zimbabwe is because you have faith. And you have refined faith and a purified faith. And there's so much that we get to learn and that we can receive from those churches. 
But what I so loved in our being there and, and sitting with them was just realizing this beautiful picture of people who are running and they're running this race. And this is a very prophetic picture. Because what I felt God was saying is that it's not our job to come and to run the race on their behalf. We can't run the race for those who God has called to run in Zimbabwe. What we can do is we can set up a watering station maybe along the way and give them a glass of cold water. And as we sat with these church leaders, leaders of significant churches, most of the churches significantly larger than our churches, it was so amazing just the hunger and the thirst for a cup of cold water. People who've been in ministry for decades and their marathon is maybe more of an uphill marathon than our marathon maybe at the moment. In environments where there's real challenges socially and economically and politically, perhaps even a little bit more than where we're at. And I just sense God saying that He wants us to give them a cup of cold water. And so in the next year and the years going forward, I'm really trusting God for many of us to go across the border with a cup of cold water in our hands, to go and to minister to those church leaders, to pray with them and We've got some things that are stirring, specific things that we believe God is wanting us to partner with the church in Zimbabwe around. If you look around the room, I'm not going to count, but we are a good percentage of Zimbabweans in this room this morning. Just even in this front row, we're about almost 50% Zimbabwean. Um, and really amazing to be able to sow into those churches, to be there, to gather with them, to pray with them. And just want to share just a little bit about that, that God is opening doors for us again across the nations, but also across the road. There's one border. Bulawayo is really not that far. Harare is a small little piece further. And there's no reason why many of us can't go and go with a cup of cold water and take it to churches and church leaders in Zimbabwe in the coming year. And so we're going to be speaking and praying a lot about that in the next year and really trusting God for ways in which we can take cups of cold water to our brothers and our sisters in Zimbabwe. But as we're heading into 2024, that's definitely going to be a part of what's on our radar. But what's going to be on our radar a lot is Psalm 24. And so as we speak through, I want us this morning to read through Psalm 24, to speak a little bit and pray through Psalm 24 and not just, and, and I want us perhaps, for, especially for those of us who are members and part of our, our church here, not just to read it as a, mes a message of inspiration and encouragement from God, but most of us, we're probably planning and thinking about 2024. I had a really cool moment just a couple of weeks ago. So one thing that as a family we've not been very good at in the last while is holidays. And holidays, you know, if you want to do a proper holiday, you've got to plan in advance. You've got to book venues and book a place to go. And, and that's not necessarily been our, our strength over the last couple of years, especially with the little kids, because little kids complicate holidays. You've got to take all of their stuff along. And so a couple of weeks ago I was sitting and I literally just prayed in the morning the simplest of prayers. Didn't spend hours praying into this. I just prayed, Lord, I really want to take our family on holiday next year. And that was the extent of the prayer. And so because we realized we weren't so good at this holiday thing, um, my father passed away a, a short while ago and he had a um, timeshare 
contract type thing. And kind of we looked at it in the timeshare. The guys came back to us and, you know, transporting or trans place, placing the, the timeshare on, on my name would have cost less than canceling the timeshare. And so we took over the timeshare. Now we still have to pay the yearly installments, which are not insignificant. So kind of, it's not a free thing, but we sort of don't have to pay a big fee to buy into it. But I just said, hey, maybe this is one way we can do it and we can try it for a year or two and then cancel it if it, it doesn't work. And as we kind of were, I was figuring out how these things go, I realized all the good places have already been booked for next year. So that morning I prayed. I was like, God, I really just want to take my family on holiday next year. And so I stumbled that afternoon upon this little thing in this timeshare thing, which has made it possible. And so as I said here, by God's grace, we've booked three different weeks of holiday for next year for the first time. I don't know when last I had three weeks of holiday. But the reason I share that is because sometimes we have to plan in advance to be effective. And so most of us, we're planning our holidays, and we're planning our years, and we're planning our weekend, and we've got our calendar for 2024. We're busy working through that. And so this morning, what I want us to think about as we read through Psalm 24 is not just what is God encouraging me about, what is His Word strengthening me. I want us to take a step further about that and say, how do I build and shape my 2024 around God's purpose and around God's plan? And so this year, we've been spending a lot of time talking about God's purpose. And we say that God wants us to step in. He wants us to step into His love. And we spent the first half of the year speaking about what it means to step into the love of God. The second half of the year, we've spoken a lot about God's purpose. And that it's not so much that God is, has a purpose for me or a purpose for you as much as God has a purpose. And as God has a purpose, who invites us into His existing purpose? And so as we step into 2024, I'm wanting us to maybe take a step back and look at our calendar. And how about we start our calendar first by saying, God, what is your purpose for 2024? And God, what if I plan my calendar, my holiday, my weekends? What if I plan them around what God is wanting to do in 2024? What if we say, God, I, I want my calendar for next year to revolve around your word and around what you are saying. And so what I'd like us to do for the next few moments before we talk and read collectively through Psalm 24, I want to invite you to open your Bible, maybe on your device. If you don't have a hard copy Bible here, you can just Google if you need to. You can just search Psalm 24 and your favorite translation. What I'd like us to do is I want to give us about five minutes. It's not the longest Psalm ever and I want to give you just a moment to read through it in your own translation by yourself. To allow the Holy Spirit to stir something of His heart in your heart, of His heart in your heart. And once we've done that, once we've read it ourselves, we'll read through it together and slow down around some points and spend some time on some of the specific parts of it and expand a little bit on that passage. But let's read through it for ourselves first. So if you need to, take out your phone or take out your device, open your Bible, Psalm chapter 24, and take a few moments, five minutes or so, however long it's going to take, and just read through those few verses. I think it's about 10 verses or so for the whole psalm. Let's take a few moments for that. How are we doing with that? Need a bit more time?
Anyone still busy? Psalm 24. It's a song of ascent, and there are sort of two ways in which we study the Psalms. The first one, we start by looking at how it was written and why it was written. And so it was written by King David as some of his experience, and he, he writes this song obviously as an expression of his experience of God and who God is. He writes it to help us understand something about God, his nature, and the way in which God works and the way in which he relates to us. The second way in which we evaluate a psalm is the way in which it was used. And so this psalm was what became known as a, a psalm of ascent, a pilgrimage song. It would typically be sung by people as they journeyed throughout the nation of Israel and they came to Jerusalem for their important feasts. And as they gathered the people as part of their walking, they would sing this psalm. They would be proclaiming this. They would sing this as they moved through Jerusalem and they approached the Temple Mount. This would be one of the songs that typically would be sung. A song that says that, God, we intend to draw near to you. And so on the one hand, we have David writing this as an expression of his heart and where he's at. On the other side, we have people singing this in groups and as crowds as they're walking together towards the Lord's presence. And it starts with this simple reminder of who God is. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and He built it on the ocean's depths. The psalm starts with a reminder that it is all God's. Everything in this world is God's. All of the silver and all of the gold, the cattle on a thousand healed, the psalmist writes in a different place, are the Lord. And so as we, we come to the Lord in 2024, it is a good reminder for us to remember that everything is already His. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I love how it goes a little bit further. It's not just the stuff that is the Lord's. It's not that my car is the Lord's and this building is the Lord's and the house is the Lord's and the grass growing outside is the Lord's and the business is the Lord's and anything in the bank account is the Lord's. We go a little bit further than that. It says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, but not just the stuff. All its people belong to Him. See, God has always had a heart for the nations. And as the Israelites would approach the, the Temple Mount, as they'd be singing the song, it would be a reminder that all of the nations have been called to come and worship before the Lord. Every nation and every tribe and every tongue. Revelation tells us that God will take out of every tribe and every tongue a special people a people called for Him, a, a people called to worship, a people called to celebrate before Him, a people who are His own treasure and His own special people. And so as we cast our, our sails, we set our sort of our seas for 2024, we start sailing into 2024 and we have our sails hoisted in the wind of the Spirit, we trust Him to blow into those sails. We start by remembering that everything is God's. For me, that's such a good reminder. Everything we have is the Lord's. A question that I'm often wrestling with is, how can I use everything that God entrusts me to 
for His name and for His glory. We've got a podcast. I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet listened to it, maybe it's something over the next holiday period, you can listen to a podcast about personal finance. It's called Kingdom Finances. How do I relate well with finances in the kingdom? I'm so thankful we were privileged. My wife, a, a while ago, began to say that our kids are getting too big for the car we've got. Anyone else ever had that problem? And the kids are, you know, I was thinking now as we were driving sometimes and talking to some of the, the two guys who traveled with us, Shingi, who was with us, and then two others who traveled with us from Polokwane as we were driving through Zimbabwe. And I was reminded of a time when we were driving to Durban in our car on one of the few holidays that we had a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. And we were driving to Durban, and I know your kids don't do this, but our kids had this moment where we, three daughters sitting in the back, and then the one in the window is really upset because mommy, she's looking out my window. We only laugh because we've experienced those moments. It's not that she's, you know, it's, she's looking at my feet, you know. She's sitting in the middle and she's looking at the one's feet and the tantrum that comes from that and the pain and the hurt. And now they're growing up and their space bubble is coming bigger. She's looking out my window. You know what window she looked me to look out? Another window. This is my window. I'm sitting next to the window. And so we kind of realized that we know we need a, a bigger, fortunately they're growing up and there's been less of that, but the, the kids are growing and their bags are growing. And so my wife really wanted a seven-seater. We looked at a bunch of different seat, seven-seaters and by God's grace we're able to get a car. The crazy thing is we looked all over. We even drove through to different car shops in Johannesburg twice to go look at vehicles that looked to be the vehicle that we wanted and the vehicle that was drawn that my wife was drawn to. <laughs> the crazy thing where we eventually found a vehicle is literally the vehicle shop that is closest to our house. So much so that the other day when they had to kind of just change the light bulbs out for us because we couldn't get the lights on and we thought something was wrong with it and we took it there and they said, oh no, the light bulbs are blowing. So they replaced the light bulbs for us, but literally as I dropped it off there, I walked and it's about 500 meters from my front door to the Hyundai here in Hatfield where we bought the vehicle. It's crazy how God sometimes just has a good sense of humor like that. We're driving all around. But anyway, the point I'm wanting to make is we've just got this vehicle. I'm so thankful that one of the very first things we could do with a vehicle is go on a missions trip with it. It's a reminder to me, it's a reminder to our family that everything is Jesus. God, how can I use that which you have placed in our hand for your name and for your glory? Because all of the people of God belong, all of the people of the world belong to him. He laid the earth's foundations on the seas and he built it on the ocean's depths. He created everything. You see, it is his because he made it and he owns it. And he loves the nations. As we head into 2024, I have a, a stronger sense of God's provision, I think, in our church, in my life personally and privately than I've ever had before. That there's some crazy dreams and ideas stirring in my heart. One of them, I haven't even kind of said it from here, but we probably should. I'll make a video in the week. I've spoken to one or two individuals sitting here. But we're going to run a paid internship program for the first time next year. We've never done that before. For the first time next year, it's not close to enough for a salary. Won't pay your living costs, but maybe a student who's got a, just a couple of subjects and has a bit of free time and is able to give about 10 to 15 hours a week towards an internship program. And we have a little stipend that we can give towards that. 
There's some other crazy ideas, even just wanting to go and, you know, sometimes taking a cup of water isn't for free. Water may be cheap, but petrol, getting the water there costs a little bit. But I've seen God's hand of provision. I'm experiencing God saying that the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. And so as we're planning for 2024, I want to encourage us, let's plan with faith, even in our own lives. Let's plan with faith to say, God, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, Lord. God, you can sort out the leave issue that I have at my job. God, you can sort out the fine. God, I want to go to India on a mission, or I want to go where the missions places are going, and to Nepal and speak to Yakupik as we're planning all of our missions for next year. God, but I don't know how I can afford it. Great way to stretch your faith. I was saying last, not the Sunday evening, the last time when I was here on a Sunday evening speaking to our younger group, I was just felt the Holy Spirit lead us in this, that as a church family, part of our DNA has always been going. And so if you're part of this church family, let me tell you something about your spiritual DNA, that within your DNA is going, that there's always going to be a frustration in your spirit. There's always going to be a something is missing in your spirit. There's always going to be something registering inside of you that I'm missing out something of God's purpose for my life if I'm not committed to going. It's part of who God has made us to be. It's part of what is written inside of us. And so I want to encourage you as you planning and thinking for 2024, where is your planning and thinking about the world and those who dwell therein? The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness and all of the people. And so God, as we go into 2024, God, we want to partner with you in that. We want to make it central. I want my 2024 to declare that the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness and the world and those who dwell therein. And so, God, I'm going to go to the world and to those who dwell therein. And as we do that, God, that you will provide for that. And so these people are walking to Jerusalem, and they're walking to the temple, and they're singing the song. And the first thing they're reminding themselves about is that everything is God's. Everything I have is God's. Everything I will ever have is God's. And not only is all the stuff God's, all of the people are God's. That his house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. That everyone, and, and so often when we read that, we think that the author is saying that it's a house of prayer for all nations, which means we're praying for all nations. And while that's also important and valuable, that's not what the text says. What the text does say is it's a house of prayer where all nations are welcome. It's a house of prayer where people from every nation can come and pray. And then it carries on from there. and They go from God being this God of provision and God who's committed to the nations. And they start singing about His nature. And they say, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? In other words, who may go to the place of God's presence? We sang a little bit earlier about God, we love your presence. The mountain here speaks a little bit about Moses who came to the mountain, and the mountain represented the place of God's dwelling. The mountain represented, and the top going up on the mountain and ascending the mountain, ascending the hill of the Lord, spoke about going to where God Himself dwelt. We know in a New Testament context, God doesn't live in a mountain, and He says in the New Testament specifically that we haven't come to a mountain that cannot be touched. 
No, we have come to a living Jesus who is close and near to us. But this principle carries through. Who may ascend that mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? As we go into 2024, I'm trusting God that our hearts would yearn more than ever to stand in the presence of the Lord. To stand before His holy place that our our hearts would be, God, I want to draw near to You and I want to climb up the mountain. And Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can draw near to God? Those whose hands and hearts are pure and do not worship idols and never tell lies. As they're singing the song, as they're coming in the song, the song of ascent, as they're drawing up the mountain and going, wanting to go up the mountain of the Lord, they're not saying that our hands are clear and our hands are pure and our, our hands, oh, sorry, our hands and our hearts are pure, that we don't worship idols. It's the beauty of when we come to God is we don't come because we have clean hands and pure hearts. We don't come to Jesus because our hands are clean and our hearts are pure. We come to Jesus so that He can make our hands clean and our hearts pure. We come to Jesus because it's in our coming to Him that He washes us and He cleanses and He purifies us. It's in our coming to Him that we are able to ascend the hill of the Lord. And so we don't come to God because we have it all together. We don't come to God because we are clean and because we are pure. We come to God so He can make us clean and pure. We come to God so He can take our minds and He can our mouths and sanctify the work, the words of our mouths and wash us and purify us so that we become a people who never tell lies, as this translation says. Some of your translations would have said that sworn deceitfully. We don't make promises and we don't worship idols. I think if we're completely honest, I include myself in this, I think we all have some idols in our lives. We all have some things that we look to. We have some things that we're in trouble or when it's going well, that's the first thing we look to. We first look to a relationship. We first look to a person. We first look to a bank account. We look to a job. We look to a career. And yet, God is wanting to allow us to set us free, to draw us away from that. So we first look to Him. An idol is anything that takes the place of Jesus in our lives. And He says, who, what will happen to those who stand in the hill of the, climb the hill of the Lord and who stand in His holy place, they will receive the Lord's blessing. I believe God is wanting to pour His blessing upon us in 2024 like we have not received it before. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. God wants you to have a right relationship with Him. He wants you to be in a relationship where there's no guilt and where there's no shame, where you can draw to it, near to Him freely without guilt because your sin is washed away by Jesus. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Such people may seek you and seek your face. And so for us, in a New Testament sense, a new covenant sense, it starts by coming to Jesus so He can purify us. And because we are purified and because we are cleansed, we can have a right relationship with God. 
as we head into 2024, I'm trusting God for Him to make every one of our relationship with Him right. That we would grow in our relationship with God. That as we look to God, as we seek His face, as we ascend the hill of the Lord, that something in our spirits would purify. Something in our spirits would be holy and pure because He is a holy God and a righteous God. We so just sometimes want to come to God just as we are. And while there's so much merit in that saying, come to Jesus just as you are, that's the starting point, and we come to Jesus just as we are, but we cannot stay just as we are. One of the conversations that we had with one of the church leaders in Zimbabwe specifically, I remember we spent a bit of time, and he said he sees the biggest challenge in the church in Zimbabwe. And I think that's probably a challenge in every church, but as he was just looking at the church in Zimbabwe, it's very much a challenge in Africa as well. He says we have people coming to church on Sundays and they're singing all of these worship songs and they're saying all of these great things and they're praying all of these perfect prayers, but tomorrow morning they go to work and they forget. And that Monday morning and Sunday morning are not connected to one another. That Sunday morning they're a follower of Jesus and Monday morning they are a lawyer or a doctor. On Monday morning, they're maybe a politician, or Monday morning, they're a taxi driver, or Monday morning, they're a businessman. On Sunday morning, they're a child of Jesus. And we need to integrate that space. And as we go into 2024, I trust that in our midst here at the end of 2024, we will always be bridging that gap. That Monday morning, I'm a follower of Jesus before I'm a lawyer. And I'm a follower of Jesus before I'm a businessman or a car salesman. I'm a follower of Jesus before I'm a plumber. I'm a follower of Jesus before I'm a doctor. In other words, my commitment to Christ and His purpose goes beyond and supersedes my commitment to my career. That I love doing what God's called me to do, but not at the cost of me following Jesus. So the honesty and the purity of hands and purity of heart, that isn't a Sunday morning thing. It's an all-day, everyday thing. And I take my relationship with Christ into my week everywhere I go. And so such people may seek you and worship in your presence. That we might have this pure heart. And then some of your translations may have missed this, but uh, as I was meditating on this passage, I was struck that this word is here for a reason. Some of your translations, it may be, say, Selah. Other translations, it says, interlude. Stop and think. So I want to encourage us that as we go into 2024, let us be serious about Sabbath and about rest. And so as these people are walking, they're singing the song and the heart behind this, but the, the Selah is one of those words that we actually don't know what it means. It's a word that if you translate from Hebrew into English, we don't know what it means because it's not used in very many spaces outside of the Psalms. It's not a word that is used in other writings as well, so it's a little bit harder to figure out. But what it seems to mean is slow down and reflect. Pause and think. And so as we go into 2024, I'm sensing God is wanting us to slow down, which is a crazy thought in a world which is a super speed world. We live in a world where everything had to happen yesterday. Even the microwave takes too long. 
We go to the McDonald's, and if we don't have the food in 16 seconds after we've arrived, we're a little bit scratchy with the attendant. I just sense God is wanting us to develop a discipline of healthy rest in a supersonic world, a discipline of slowing down, and a discipline of not just running through everything, but slowing down around our relationship and about slowing down around His Word. I'm sensing God has been saying to us that we're going to do more by doing less. That sometimes we are so busy running. We, I remember a while ago, I was with our kids on, on the beach. And as we were on the beach, we were building sandcastles. And in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, we must finish building the sandcastle so we can do the next thing. And as I started doing that, I just realized that there is no next thing. The building the sandcastles is the thing. But I realized my mind was so conditioned about performance and, you know, getting the tick list and doing a, having a productive day and all of this long list that needs to be done. And at that holiday, I realized that I'd lost the ability just to be present in this moment because I'm thinking about the next moment. I believe God wants us to learn to be present before Him again, to stop and to think, and to slow down. To realize that time spent slowing down is not time wasted. Time spent reflecting. Holidays is a fantastic time to reflect. This is a natural time to reflect. As much as we're thinking about 2024, I want to encourage you to pause and think over 2023. To stop and Think back and to journal perhaps and say, what have I learned about God this year? What has God taught me in this year? What have I learned about myself this year? What have I learned about God this year? What have I learned about my relationships this year? How am I thinking of God differently because of this year? What have I experienced about God this year? Stop and think. So as we head into 2024, make sure that in your calendar you make time. Yes, holiday is great because it's a time of rejuvenation and restoration. But it should also be a time of reflection. A time of stop and think. Pause and reflect. Slow down. Be serious about those things that matter. So we've got the psalm where we're walking up to Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, and we're singing about the provision of God and the glory of God, the holiness of God, the purity of God. We start by the fact that He is the Creator and everything belongs to Him. And then how beautiful and holy He is, that not just anybody can come to Him because of His holiness, but He makes us holy and He makes us pure. And so we can stand in right relationship with him so stop and think what that means meditate on that and then out of that place of being in right relationship with God the psalm takes a, a turn and it turns a little bit away from a place of me coming up into the mountain of God and they start singing the song of warfare they start proclaiming and they say open up ancient gates so they're singing the song, and as they come to the city and the walls 
are there's these wall, high walls with these big gates and the gates are closed and they start saying, open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. So now as this procession is moving, it's moving just from a place of we are being purified and washed, that we are being made ready to go into the presence of the Lord, to we are carrying the presence of the Lord. So open up you ancient doors, and open up you ancient gates because God Himself wants to enter through this space. I believe that God is taking us into a, a time of extending the kingdom of God like we haven't done in many years. That God is wanting to release upon us a, an apostolic grace to extend the kingdom of God. To be a people who proclaim, open up you ancient doors and open up you ancient gates because Jesus Himself wants to enter. So part of our prayer for 2024 is where are the ancient gates that God is calling you to carry His presence through and into? Maybe it's a business in which you work. Maybe it's in your family. Where is the environment where the kingdom of God needs to enter and let the King of glory enter? Who is the King of glory? The psalmist here specifically speaks about God. He speaks specifically about His nature and not so much about His holiness. We've touched on it. It doesn't speak about His character as much. He zooms in and he says, He is powerful. He is the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? He is the Lord of heaven's armies. He is a Lord of battle. He is a Lord of warfare. He is a Lord of conquering. He is a Lord of overcoming. He is invincible, but not only is He invincible as He comes by Himself, He brings with Him the angels and the armies of heaven. So open up your ancient doors. One of the things that I know God is stirring us to speak to, to the ancient doors or the ancient doors of the university campus across the road. As we go into 2024, I want to ask you, let's pray. Let's spend time in saying, God, and speaking to that campus and say, lift up your heads, you ancient doors. Be lifted up, you everlasting gates, because the King of glory wants to enter. There are about 50,000 students on the University of Pretoria campus. Another 50 plus thousand students at the Twani University of Technology. If 10% of those across those two are effectively being discipled today, that's a lot. Across the city. Going to any churches today. Across the city. Count them all together. You won't get to 5,000 university age students effectively being discipled in this moment across the city. God is wanting to come back there. God is wanting to bring His presence back onto university campuses. So I want to ask you, pray with us for the university campus, but not only for the university campus. Ask God and say, God, where are the ancient doors that you are inviting me to be carriers of your presence into? And as this procession is moving they're moving carrying the presence of God and they come to the gates of the city and say lift up you ancient doors and as the ancient doors lift up they walk in there and as they enter they enter carrying the presence 
of the living God. He is the King of glory. So 2024 is around the corner. Most of us are planning, thinking, praying about 2024. I want to invite you to take Psalm 24 into your planning meeting and say, God, how do we live your purpose and your plan next year? God, I want you to be central, your agenda, your plan. God, that which is on your heart, God, I want my year to revolve around that. He's calling you to stand before His presence. He's calling you to live and to walk in a right relationship with Him, to walk in His provision, to walk in the knowledge of His power and His glory. And as you walk in His provision, as you walk in the right relationship, to walk carrying His presence into places that need Him. Can we stand together this morning? I'd love for us to pray and commit our next year before the Lord. As we say, God, I want to ascend the hill of the Lord in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you this morning that you are good and that you are faithful, Lord God. That you lead us in the way that you have prepared. God, I thank you that as we're here at the end of November 2023, you have been faithful and you always have been. Faithful you have been and faithful you will be. And that we can commit 2024 before you, Lord. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, will you lead us in 2024 in the way that you have prepared? We want to bind ourselves to your plans and to your purpose. We want to allow excitement to stir in our hearts to say, God, come and do big things, Lord. Lord, we know that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, Lord, nor has entered into the hearts of man the things that you have prepared for us for next year, God. And whatever they are, whatever it looks like, we want to say yes to it, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray that next year we may know something of what it means to ascend the hill of the Lord and to stand in your holy presence, Lord, to stand before you, to hear your voice spoken to us. To stand in right relationship with you. To have pure hearts and pure hands. To have our lips sanctified so that we do not tell lies, Lord. And so we pray, Jesus, would you come and purify us like we've never been purified before. Come and wash this sin away the guilt and the shame, come and wash it all away as we stand under the blood of Jesus, Lord. And so we pray for clarity in our hearts and in our minds. We pray for a knowledge of your will, Lord God. We pray for faith to rise as you speak to us, Lord. And that, Jesus, we may carry your presence into places that have been deserted, Lord. We want to carry your presence, Lord God, beyond the ancient gates and the ancient doors, Lord. We want to be a people saturated with you, that wherever you go, your presence goes with us, Lord. Amongst different nations, Lord. But also different neighborhoods. The areas of this city, we want to speak to 
every gate, Lord, of the university, Lord, and every suburb in which we stay. Command those gates to be lifted up so that the King of glory may enter. And so, Lord, as we command those gates to be lifted up, Lord, we lift up even the gates of our own lives and our own family. And we say, Lord, would you enter as the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of hosts, the Lord strong and mighty. Would you enter our lives in that way? May we know you as the Lord mighty in battle, the Lord invincible. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.